Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and today I have an amazing guest for a segment I am super excited we are finally at, and I'll let them introduce themselves. I am Daniel Marshall, the director of design and co-owner of Playground Adventures, and I suppose layout artist extraordinaire. We'll go with that. Yes, <laughs> the best around and <laughs> we are going to tie back to episode 142 monster harvest which featured you daniel marshall because that's what we like to do here at dmnastics and for this one i made with the help of rorik dmnastics number 117 dash of this pinch of that and like i said i am so beyond excited to get into it basically the idea is that you take pieces or uh, components from creatures that you've slain ideally creatures with some kind of magical nature in it and you use those to create a magic item or to augment some kind of spell or something like that the the whole idea is to make use of creatures more than just a pile of hit points and to inspire the creativity of the players yeah and essentially i created a list of 20 items that could be used from random various monsters and then created a second table of just kind of ideas of what you could make with those. Of course, the forum users were open to whatever method they want, either letting fate decide or choosing for themselves. And there was a lot of activity on this one. We got to page three, which is kind of rare and there are a lot of great ideas. So, Daniel, which one do you want to start highlighting off of the forums? I'm hoping you'll let me do uh, more than one because there really are a oh, lot yeah. of great ideas on here. I think I'd, I'd start with the Moonlight Horseshoes that were uh, Captain Dial-Up. And that was, it looks like he rolled Lycanthrope Blood and a Pegasus Feather. And it says that Lycanthrope Blood is mixed with a Pegasus Feather and Alchemical Liquid Silver and allowed to set in a horseshoe mold for, the, uh, for a night under a full moon. The silver sets hard, the product is cleaned up, and a few magical runes give, uh, later gives the player a set of horseshoes that from sun to sunset to sunrise give off light. Just a, a looks like a little bit greater than a torch. Okay. But when under moonlight, and this is the part I really like, the, the mount can actually fly. And I really like that twist of rather than granting some kind of bestial ability or whatever that you think of when you think of lycanthropes, it just keys in the power to moonlight rather than a particular phase of the moon or anything like that. I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah, definitely taking it and twisting it in a different direction, almost like figuring out using multiple things and figuring out what is the key component and like what pieces and parts um, you pull and add together. Absolutely, and I really like the he he's got the full the full creation methodology, and it's more than one more than just the components, and I thought that was cool too. I also like the idea of the first time that happened, and they didn't know. It's just like the horses just lift off into the night sky. <laughs> yeah, I think the rider would be a little confused and maybe Ooh. holding on for dear life. Okay, so the one I want to start highlighting is from DM Jazzy Hands. Yeah. And they rolled Roper Tendril and Armor. So they came up with the idea of ensnaring armor. 
where essentially these designs of the roper tentacles are on the armor itself, and you can use those to essentially do a ranged grapple effect. And if they're destroyed because something attacks it, it actually reduces the number of available uses on the armor. Unless you go get another roper tendril and like re-essentially enchant it. So like you could lose them all, but then you could get them all back by finding ropers and adding the tendrils back into the armor, which I thought was a really cool mechanic to add in. Like, okay, so you got this, but you can keep doing this if you wanted, if something bad happens after you use it. So I thought that was a really cool thing to add in. Yeah, that was that's a great idea. It kind of makes me wonder if you could have more than than three tendrils. You know, you get to the point where you know, ropers have several. So you, maybe you could have five or six or something like that. I, I really like the fact that you have to kind of re-go through the process when you want to add tendrils in that have been destroyed. Yeah. Then add it to all all party members and everyone has, and then you're just constantly hunting down poor ropers in their caves. <laughs> well, and the, it adds a, a interesting adventure hook onto it too, because I mean, what happens if you have one destroyed or two destroyed and you have to go hunt these creatures in order to restore your armor? That's an interesting little side quest. I like it. What is another one that you wanted to highlight? Well, you, you stole my second one. So, yes! Because uh, <laughs> I really like that one too. The, the second one to highlight for me is by Rorik, who's one of your silver dragons. Yes. Yay! The idea is it's using a Pegasus feather and two pixie wings. And using that to create a weapon, it looks like this was randomly rolled as well. The the arrows double the range because, of course, you've got a feather from a, a winged creature and pixie wings. But the the part of this I really thought was cool was the arrows all but invisible when in flight. And it gains a plus two to hit and plus two to damage. Now, my, my curiosity is for those kind of arrows... You know, like a, a monk has the ability to deflect ranged attacks. Well, if they're pretty much invisible, does this arrow bypass that ability since they can't really see it coming? I like that because the other thing I thought along those same lines was, and you'd have to make it rightfully expensive, um, but could a rogue get sneak attack? Well, yeah. They normally couldn't because you're given advantage. Well, it, that's probably what I would do is provide advantage because they can't see it coming. And giving yeah. advantage to a rogue would then in turn give sneak attack. Yep. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> it makes them some pretty pretty nasty arrows, which Pegasus Feather and Pixie Wings probably aren't all that easy to come by. So it makes sense. Yep. And I also like the idea that it's the disappearing bullet as well. Like mm -hmm. You can almost make you know, this quest around it. Like, how did this person die? Like, there's no evidence. Yeah, that would be a really interesting murder mystery right there. Done it. <laughs> so the next one I wanted to shout out to is by DMDJ, and it's Pixie Wings and Lycanthrope Blood, and it's in a potion. Essentially, it's like a, a three-night potion that is like the curse of Lycanthropy, but like for only three nights, it's really interesting because like you get all the benefits, but you also get essentially the curse. Like you can't take a long rest for three days, but you don't suffer exhaustion, but like you don't get 
you know, it only works for certain people at certain times and like could be this really interesting do I don't I kind of scenario, but man, it'd be really interesting to have enough for a whole party of like we know we need to get to X and this is the only way that we could do it is by taking these potions. Yeah, and it it's an interesting mechanic to put in there that you can't take the a long rest, or at least you can't get uh any benefits from it because you're you're tossing and turning. I have also really liked the <laughs> the accidental creation. You know, since it's yeah. accidentally created by a dwarven apothecary, it it can be used as a cruel practical joke or as rumored to be the main ingredient of the energy drink Red Gorgon. Ah, nice. Which is is a nice little play on product placement there. Yes, I like it. Oh man, spiking the punch with some night owl. <laughs> That'd be an interesting evening for everybody, I think. <laughs> Interesting three evenings yep. for everybody. Do you have another one that you wanted to highlight? Um, let me see. They're all so good. It's hard to hard to pick between them. Ah, here we go. Looks like this is a, a another one by Rorik. So he's, he's doing real well this time around. But it's a Roper Tendril and a Sturge Blood Sack for a potion. And it's he calls it a Roper Potion. But the, the really cool thing about this particular item is that it's kind of brewed inside the Sturge blood sack. And depending on what kind of blood it happens to have consumed most recently and be in there, it has a different effect. And the closer that blood is to you, the more powerful the effect. Like if it's a different creature, you gain a climbing speed and advantage on athletics checks and stuff like that. But and, and there's like three or four different levels. And if it goes all the way up to the Sturge happens to have drank your blood, then you get all of the previous things. Plus, you, you basically get a couple of Roper tendrils that you can control. And it, it's it's really interesting with all of the the different variations. And I like the fact that it's depending on what kind of blood the sturge most recently fed off of and that that's a really cool concept because that gives birth to the idea of you know if is it captured and maybe you have some alchemist somewhere that says oh yep. well, i can do this for you and here's a sturge you have to get bit by it before i can create this and stuff like that or opening up the idea of like feeding it certain types of blood yeah is another option to get certain effects and like Everything, most things have blood, so now you can make a different effect for all these other creatures. Right. I like it. Sir, I say, though, it's time to lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. How do you want to do this? I say we leave it to fate. Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. You roll a 20, I'll roll a 20, then we'll roll a d6 and see what we're destined to make. Okay, I've got my 20 and my 6 ready. What did you roll up on your d20? Alright, my d20 roll was a 4, which looks like a Deva Feather. And I rolled oh, sorry, a 7. Sorry, oh, I read it wrong. A 4 is a oh. Gorgon Hoof. Okay, so we've got a Gorgon Hoof, and I rolled a 17, which is Purple Worm Acid. And for the d6, I got... Oh, interesting. A three, which is armor. Seems to be a lot of armor this time around. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So 
purple worm acid come it comes from their stomach, right? That's why it's so potent. So maybe you have a suit of leather armor crafted from the stomach lining of a purple worm and the the acid that's part of it. So that that gives it a, a resistance and gives the wearer resistance to to acid. And then once the enchantment's completed, you you sprinkle over it the a powdered gorgon hoof which gives you advantage on saving throws against petrification or something like that. I almost want the gorgon hoof to like also like fortify the armor against the acid and like the leather armor always looks slick and if you get into a grapple situation you actually like do acid damage as well. Yeah, that that'd be good too. Because that blends the the two two components really well. Got it. We're not gonna I don't know if we want to try the truly difficult task of naming any of these items, but Well, let's see. That might be a you could go you could go simple and almost call it uh worm leather or or something like that. And it'd just be a purple set of armor. Yeah, that's also what I was thinking right now too, is that it would actually be purple, like purple leather. Uh, yes. Well, it's gotta oh, be. Armor of the Worm Prince. There you go. Ah. Uh, that sounds and good. Only, and you sing a bunch of Prince songs uh, when wearing it. <laughs> Perfect. Let's roll another D20. All right. I got a 20, which is an Essence of Will-O-Wisp. I also got a 20. <laughs> wow. So let's keep it. And we all I rolled a 6, so it's other. So if we're using double Essence of Will-O-Wisp... What are we going to make in the, it's open to anything we want to do with it? Well, all right. How about this? Um, one of the campaigns that I'm, I'm in right now is uh, a lot of seafaring stuff. So there's a lot of, of ships and things like that in it. And what if you used the essence of a will-o'-wisp in order to either make, you know, enchant the ship itself so that maybe from the helm you could make it appear like almost like a dancing lights instead of a ship. You know, like you see the, the will-o'-wisps through the fog kind of, kind of effect, or maybe give it some kind of incorporeal capability so that it could, could sail through not necessarily over land. Cause that might be a little too powerful, but where it might, might not be affected by uh, coming up on a reef for a certain amount of time or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, essentially the air quote difficult terrain of the ocean right. is made just normal. Like you can just get through it pretty easily. I like that a lot, especially I like having it be hidden as well. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking of making it potentially like if you had two people that had it, a way to communicate really easily or even transport. <clears throat> so like if you had one person with the Will-O-Wisp essence and the other one and essentially teleport between the two spots that appear as those dancing lights yeah that would be a cool idea too absolutely terrifying if we're moving a boat through that method yes it's clear oceans and then suddenly ah pirate ship then <laughs> the pirate ship will be named the will-o'-wisp absolutely sold all right let's <laughs> roll let's roll another one let's see i can't get another 20 so all right, a be number seven, a Beholder Eye Stock. Okay, and I got 
Interesting. Number 16, a Pegasus Feather. And I rolled a five for a wondrous item. Hmm. That almost comes to me as a, uh, you know, like a figurine. And, mm. and what what I'm seeing is it's a, a figurine maybe uh, carved out of marble, some kind of veined veined mineral or something. And with the, a command word, it, lo- it looks just like a Pegasus. And with the proper command word, it can transform into a Pegasus that has flight, but also has some gaze attacks, similar to the eye stalk of the whatever ability the beholder had. But if you use, if you attempt to use a false command word, then it turns into some kind of aberration between the two that tries to destroy the person who activated it. Oh, I like that. Still, that like correctly done. This majestic. You know, winged horse, you know, and then the eyes will, you know, like you said, do possibly random effects from the beholder. But then the thing, the image that I had in my mind was, you know, going off of your idea and saying, okay, you did the wrong command word. Now it's something more akin to like how I think a displacer beast looks with those, yes. you know, the, the things coming off of its back and you know, the stalks essentially sprout up and it's just this abomination that is murdering everyone. Yep. With, with a specific target of the person who create, well, not created, but uh, activated it so yes. that once that person was, was slain or down, then it would revert back to its normal, more innocent looking statue form. <laughs> That's good. And terrifying. Yes. Okay. Let's keep going. I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, you were you were starting to write some of these even as we were recording the first thing, the first oh, yeah. episode, weren't we? Yes, I mean, like I said, like you know, that's what I put in the exercise too. Is like I've been coming up with ideas the second the episode started recording. <laughs> well, that was the whole, the whole point of Preacher Components was to be an inspiration and unleash the the creativity of the of the players. So it sounds like it's doing what it's supposed to do. A hundred percent. What did you get on your D twenty? I got a 15, so great ooze. Okay, and I got an 11, which is lycanthrope blood. Hmm. And I rolled a 4, which is a spell additive. Well, let's see. You know, normally you can only do one thing to a spell at a time. But yeah. depending, like a, a great ooze is very acidic. But lycanthrope blood is more either bestial or transmutation I would think. So what if you say it augments a spell like either, let's see, beast form or uh, one of the enhanceability variants, depending on what kind of lycanthrope it is. And it, it, it gave you more, more of their power provided it was cast maybe under uh, to, to reach back to the, Moonlight horseshoe idea. To, if it was cast under moonlight, uh, maybe the the spell gives you an actual bonus to your your strength or something like that. But then you tie in the gray ooze to it, and if it actually transforms you, uh, maybe it gives you their the lycanthrope's natural attacks. But you get uh, you inflict additional acid damage that can corrode things. Yeah, as well. Uh, that's totally what I was thinking. And the other idea was adding it to summoned 
creatures. Yeah. Adding these to the spell would essentially give you stronger natural attacks that also do that corrosive acid damage from the Grey Ooze. Well, and you could also change the form of it, too. Like, if if you're normally summoning... We'll just use a, a standard monster summon spell. If you're normally summoning summoning a bunch of kobolds, okay, or or low low challenge creatures, maybe their form is a little more or a little less viscous, so it, it's more liquefied, like a gray ooze. Yeah. And the lycanthrop blood gives them the ability to shift that form a little bit, oh. so they they can actually attack with whatever weapons they've got which also would inflict damage like a gray ooze but they could also have part of their physical form change into something maybe a claw that attacks gives them an additional attack or something like that yeah really like adding in like the ability to transform into a gray ooze because it could be really helpful to cast on yourself at that point because you know a gray ooze can move through a space as narrow as 1 inch yep. without squeezing or essentially remaining still, like you don't, you just kind of look like it, you know, it's wet in yeah. that area, that it's not a creature at all. If you, if you coat yourself over a wall or something like uh-huh. that, yeah. Oh man, I, now I just envision like standing at the end of the hallway and just be like, come get me. And it looks like there's kind of these pools of water, but it's a bunch of terrifying ooze lycanthrope kobolds that will <laughs> pop out and attack whoever tries to come get you. Yeah, that would be. I would turn around after the first one jumped out at me. I'm not not gonna lie. Yeah, we're good. I'm out. <laughs> see ya. Let's see. I say we do one more. All right. Cockatrice eggs. And I rolled a one unicorn horn, and it is a two for weapon. Okay, so I'm I'm thinking a a dagger or short sword maybe that uses the unicorn horn as a blade. You now it has that that spiral twist to it, but it's been as part of the en- enchantment process, maybe it's been thrust through so many cockatrice eggs that it's absorbed their their ability to petrify. So when you stab somebody with it, and maybe it, it pro- would probably have only a couple charges per long rest, but when you stab somebody with it, they have to make a constitution save or be either paralyzed or petrified for a period of time i like it and maybe the unicorn horn by itself because of the the structure of the horn maybe it causes like one point of bleed damage in addition to the normal normal dagger damage Ooh, i also like the idea uh just random that you could if you take the defend action that it gives you an additional plus two ac because they have that shimmering shield legendary action so then folding that into whenever you use it defensively yeah um, giving you a stronger buff i think it'd be a cool one because most of them are magical and as funny as magical healing through stabbing is um probably not, <laughs> not the direction we're gonna go well and you you also might be able to do something like uh, a, a command word you know they're creatures of the forest right and one of their spell like abilities is entangle so maybe they could use a an action to use entangle, but twist it a little bit because of the the cockatrice eggs. So maybe in the entangle seems normal, but at the end of the spell, maybe all the the vines and stuff that have grown and ensnared everything, the vines themselves turn to stone. Oh wow! 
so that you're you now have to chip through the stone or whatever to try to break yeah. free of it. Sir, I think we've done it. Done it many times over. In fact, <laughs> we rolled quite a few times on that chart. And definitely everyone go check out that chart or go check out creature components. You need it. I'm just gonna throw that out there. You need to buy it. But I have the most important question for you. Where can people go to find more from you and all the cool stuff you do? Uh, let's see. Well, Playground Adventures on Facebook is a good contact. I am SCP underscore Daniel on Twitter. And there's always my, my email, which is Daniel at PlaygroundAdventures.net. Or I'm relatively friendly. You can just message me on Facebook or on Twitter. Either way. You should. You should go do it. And... If you want to get a hold of us and tell us about your use of all of the things that are creature components, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or head over to Twitter and follow us at dmnastics. And for everything else on our network, head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. But with that, let's head to our post-workout cooldown and stretch with the light bulb. light bulb so today for the light bulb we're talking about something that i feel like everyone's kind of familiar with but we want to bring it up again because we want to add a little bit of extra flavor to the idea of adding sounds to your game i mean the easiest things to talk about is battle bars you know we have a great relationship with them you could always check out sirenscape i mean i pay for sounds because I edit something else that gets money, so I don't want to get them in trouble. Um, but sounds, <laughs> SoundSnap is a really great place that I use to find sounds from all over. Honestly, YouTube, you could find just about anything you need. Essentially, if you have a smart device, you're ready to go. Exactly. I, I will vouch for... Uh, I've used Sirenscape before. I didn't go in... like I know they have a lot of different paid packages that you can do. And I haven't really gone that deep into it, but a lot of the free stuff that you can just get uh, is pretty cool. Like you can just do, I mean, you can do sound effects. Like if you want to do monster grunts and stuff, like you can do that. I'm not that big into that level, but like I like just ambient noise. Like if you're in a, you know, the woods, there's like little creepy, like woods sound effects that you can do that just like add that little extra element. I even just playing music. Like I, th I think my favorite memory of a game is I ran a long campaign. It's like a horror theme campaign final confrontation after like at the end of this adventure with the big boss, you know, at the, the been leading up to this. And I had made a playlist on YouTube of just a bunch of songs from horror movie soundtracks. And I basically nice. just made a big playlist and just had that playing during that whole thing. And my players loved it. Like they, they talked about like how that made that so much more interesting and so much more atmospheric and moody. So I totally agree. That stuff really heightens the game for the players and the GM too. Yeah, I mean, you can get very elaborate, both with battle bards and building your soundscapes and things like that. And Sirenscape does a pretty, pretty decent job of like fleshing out very specific things. I know they do; they work very closely with Pathfinder, so you can oftentimes find a sound pack that relates to the adventure path that you're on. That's the cool part is that you, yeah, if you're running that specific adventure, you've got things made for those encounters. You mm -hmm. know, like it's that's really neat. So. The thing that we would also want to add, and you can usually get these pretty cheap, definitely if you go to a local store that sells, you know, be it Walmart or something to that effect, essentially just go and find a decent Bluetooth speaker. Because, yeah, I have my phone. Yeah, I have maybe I have a tablet. 
but it's definitely going to sound like I'm using my phone or I'm using a tablet. But if you buy a Bluetooth speaker and either put it on the table or under the table, it can definitely change like how epic that feel could be. And you can control how loud or soft it is as like the tension rises in your game. Totally. So there we go. That's it. That's the light. But with that, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But above all that, I just want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as the other conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DM-nastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. <laughs>